0: Welcome to Norm, a Cheers podcast. We are co-hosting a weekly discussion of the television show Cheers, which aired on NBC from 1982 to 1993. And we are your hosts, Marlene Stemi and Andy Blaker. How's it going, Andy?
1: I'm doing well, Marlene. How about you?
0: I'm doing well, also. Um, I'm—I would say particularly excited about some aspects of this next episode that we're going to discuss. There's one—one one thing in particular, a classic scene and moment that Mm -hmm. I think that we'll enjoy discussing and singing
1: yeah no me too I I really enjoyed this episode I feel like there's a lot of um a lot of one-liners that you got to quote in order to really Mm -hmm. just highlight everything so there might be a lot of that but it's it's one of those where I think the writing was just so sharp and some of the jokes so memorable to me at least to this point in the show that um I wrote a bunch of them down so excellent
0: (laughs) Well, it is episode 16 of season three, Teacher's Pet, is written by Tom Reeder, directed by James Burroughs, and it aired on January 31st, 1985. And the brief summary is that Sam goes back to school to finish his high school diploma. His intentions, at first honorable, are compromised when he receives good grades for dating the teacher, a revelation that Coach, who is Sam's classmate, reveals to a horrified Diane. When Sam decides to earn his grade instead, he needs Coach to help him prepare for the final geography quiz, and Coach teaches Sam a very useful and interesting method of studying that has been memorable, I would say, to Cheers fans from then until this day. <laughs> um, so we have a teaser, it's Cliff and Carla, and he's asking her not to make fun, to, you know, all the things she makes fun of, not to make fun of his ears. So this pretty much gives her another topic of ridicule because she hadn't thought about his ears before. And the the idea is that his insurance, he discovered that his insurance would pay for him to have an ear tuck. And so he doesn't want her to make fun of his ears, and he also doesn't want her to make fun of him for living with his mother. So... (laughs) She's kind of put out about this. She's like, "God, you're at." It's like she's, you know, you're asking a lot of me. Yeah, of she asks.
1: He is. He's limiting her a lot, you know. Right.
0: Right. Two <laughs> Two big topics all at once, and so she's wondering, like, what am I going to make fun of you for, you know? And he says he's not the tidiest guy in the world. <laughs> so she's like, okay, I can limit myself to that, um, and very quickly and cleverly, I think, for the time that she has you know, says that she follows by basically telling Cliff that his mom called to tell him that he left his earmuffs in the driveway and no one can get out. (laughs) And and then, you know, she clarifies, like, that was a tidy joke. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah,
1: It's that just that. I mean, just right off the bat, the the writing of this, you know, that they came up with that, you know. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just think it's brilliant.
0: It's creative. Yeah. It's, yeah, surprising humor. And she kind of does, Carla kind of does like a little spin on her heel as she turns away. She's just very pleased with herself yeah. coming up with that, putting that <laughs> together. Um, so he helped her to get him again, basically. Throughout the episode, we have this, you know, kind of, it's not even really a secondary plot. It's just Cliff kind of looking forward to having the ear tuck and then not deci- deciding not to have it once he figures out that the insurance isn't <laughs> going to cover it. Yeah. Um, so there's just, it's a little side conversation that's going on. Throughout.
1: i've i'd never heard of an ear tuck is that really is that a thing i mean I i'm guessing know. it is but i i know like, they can probably do anything but
0: yeah i was gonna say <laughs> yeah i suppose they could do like flatten back your ear or do something with it i don't know especially in 1985 i, I doubt it was prevalent but i don't know mm-hmm. when the episode starts sam's sam comes in and he has a brown paper bag full of books so that's kind of interesting cause brown paper bag you know you do sort of I guess associate that with alcohol sometimes, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, covert alcohol, which mm-hmm. is what Diane's concern becomes in a few minutes here. But Right now, she's at the end of the bar and she's reading. I think it's the psychology of self-esteem. Yeah. Um, of Does bar.
1: she ever read fiction? That's what I want to know. Because you know, I do look. You know, we we've kind of yeah. looked all along at the books she reads, and it's just right. it's it's psychology. It's constant. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I'd like to. I'd be curious if we ever see anything besides the most you know, that kind of text, you know what right. I mean? The most academic, right. boring thing you can think of. That's her, that's what she's doing, so.
0: Right. <laughs> I don't remember. There are certain episodes that come up, you know, that deal with fiction or her reading fiction or a book or something mm-hmm. like that, but I don't know if we ever see her actually reading something. Which is interesting. <laughs> Sam heads into the office and Diane notices that he's locked the door. And Carla has this line about, like, and we're trapped out here with you. <laughs> <laughs> so they are talking, especially and Norm, talking about how Sam has locked himself in the office several times that week. And I think Norm says he even stayed in there until closing time. Because, of course, Norm is going to be there until closing time. So he would know Every night. There. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right, right. And then Diane surmises that Sam is it could be drinking again because of her. So not mm-hmm. only is she surmising that he's drinking again, but she of course automatically assumes that it's because of her. And she has this statement about day after day of watching Fraser and me exulting in our joy.
1: Oh. <laughs> I gotta tell you, I um, right before this, um, uh, it really uh, it, this starts the moment he walks in, and and she says something about you know um, he says. Or that they're books. Diane and Carla ask what's in there. Carla says it looks like books or whatever and Diane says something like um, oh you know why don't you show everybody so we can see the gingerbread house you know pop up or Mm -hmm. whatever like it being a kid's book. Um, Again what I said earlier the the one liners coach then says you'll be disappointed with the ending. (laughs) (laughs) I have that I really enjoyed that but um I just, I thought, Diane, I, I, I thought to myself, I, she's just going to be unbearable in this episode, isn't she? Like, like, because right mm-hmm. off the bat, she's just giving him heck about it, you know, and, right. and um, immediately, you know, he locked the door. Oh, my God, he's falling off the wagon because I'm happy and he's miserable. And it's just like, get a hold of yourself, you right. know, yeah. Um, uh, she has a line, something like, ah, the, the worst thing has happened or something. And then Carla says, your living bra has
0: died of boredom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. right. And the thing she most feared, that's, yes. Oh, yes, that's yes, right. The, the thing she most feared. Carla has, I mean, she always does.
1: She always, she never disappoints. But this episode in particular, I feel like, um, especially the first
0: half, she has some great lines in here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but you're right. Diana's kind of, like, already... Off, completely off the mark and Sam has done nothing other than come in with a bag of books and go in his office and she's you know all over the place mm-hmm. and she's gonna you know she says that she's going to sniff his breath to see if he's been drinking it's like why don't you just ask him <laughs> you know <laughs> like why not be direct about it um, but so she goes in the office and she's kind of like sniff, sniffing up to him and so forth and then discovers that he really does have a book and it's a textbook that does not have the words naughty hot or throbbing is what she says yeah so, and she, I, she kind of figures out that he's going back to, to school. Mm. Um, and Sam, you know, is embarrassed going back to school at his age. And then she thinks, you know, she thought that he was drinking to, to quell his sorrows at her happiness with Frasier. And then now she thinks that he's going back to school to win her back. Yep. You know, so there's a whole <laughs> exchange about that.
1: Yeah. That whole scene again it just kind of gave credence to the whole oh my gosh this is more about more about you than him and and mm-hmm. it, oh gosh it's just to <laughs> right. this point it's like shut up you know <laughs> she's just kind of annoying to me this episode I, again up to this point
0: now you know? right no I, yeah I agree with you because then she wants to tell everyone like she's proud of him and it's not really her doing like Sam made this decision on his own but she wants everybody in the bar to know about this she wants to announce it. And in so doing, she says that someone in the bar is doing something to improve himself. So Cliff, who's all paranoid, thinks Carla has announced his ear tuck. So he <laughs> you know, then announces it to the bar yeah. instead. Um, and it, I noticed that when Sam told her he was going back to school, he said he was going to get his diploma. Right. And when Diane Dian starts talking about it, she says he's getting his degree. So it's Diane that changed it. Sam did not mislead her, you know. Um, right. And I was even thinking that book, "The World and Its People," does not sound like a college text. You know, yeah. more like high school. So <laughs> I don't understand true. why. she.
1: <laughs> That's true. She should have known better. I mean, as a college graduate and a TA and a whatever you want to call her, she should have known better that that was more, you know, more geared toward, you know. Um, high school or whatever, like but but you're right. I mean, yes. she kind of just immediately assumed the whole college thing and jumps on that. And when when she assumes it's college, she's so thrilled and so happy for him and proud and everything.
0: Mm-hmm. And <laughs> right, and again, that's kind of based on her because she can't see herself as someone that would have been involved with a person that had not graduated from high school. You know, yeah, so must be a, he must be in college. Mm-hmm. Um, and Sam explains he got this contract to play Class A ball. And that he like wouldn't, you know, it was before he was to have graduated from high school, he promised his parents he would graduate. Um, which I think, like, following the last episode, when he talked a little bit about his parents, you know, and his competitiveness, and talking about his parents' disapproval and so forth, I thought this was an interesting kind of follow-up to that. He's mm-hmm. like, really, there's not a lot about his background that we ever learn, So it's, you know, interesting that we have that in these two episodes in a row. Um and then we have Diane's mortification that she was involved with someone that hasn't finished high school.
1: She's just appalled. I mean, her face. She's just horrified. Yeah. yeah. She, she says here, um, I spent a year of my life being defiled by Dobie Gillis. Dobie Gillis, <laughs> right. And I knew that was a sitcom, but I didn't know anything about it. But yeah, basically, it's about a, a teenager. So yes, that's, that's, that's what she equates it, yeah. it to. But um, yeah, that was... Um, it's a clever line. It's, but I mean, it's a you know well written and everything line. But being delivered by her, it's like like she's so mortified that somebody she was with, you know, is is less than a common man. He's not even a high school graduate. He's not even know? right, and
0: it almost makes it sound like she's talking about him as though he were a teenager. I'm like, this is a grown man. You know, mm-hmm. it's not like mm-hmm. she makes it sound illegal almost. You know, or like yeah. he was like seventeen year old or something. And then you know Sam talks about being embarrassed about being a dropout and then Norm names these people from the book of lists that never finished high school. <laughs> and I I like that Norm has a book of lists or that knows things from the, he knows things from the book of lists. You know it does seem like something that Norm would like know kind of on the side maybe.
1: Yeah, it's almost like a line that you think Cliff would be would would give if he were a little more yeah. up to par this episode. He's obviously traumatized by this. But I, but, you know, <laughs> on his normal stance, he would be the one to say, well, you know, lots of people didn't do that. Um, one thing I like, Norm, Norm mentioned share and Coach is just like, I don't know exactly what's behind his line he's so so like really like he's so surprised to hear that Cher didn't graduate high school I don't know mm-hmm. if you you caught anything about that it's just I don't oh, know yeah, he's, he's so relieved. loud about it he's like he's oh sure.
0: okay yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> well I guess I guess that answered my own question because that leads into him revealing that he was a few credits right. short of his own degree so
0: Right, right. But it's not Thomas, because the first two people that Norm names are Thomas Edison and Noel Coward, mm-hmm. did not finish high school. Like, two intellects. Right. You know, not to denigrate Cher, but like when he right. gets to Cher, right. the yeah. coach is like, oh, Cher never. Okay, well.
1: <laughs> He so. didn't know who the other two people were. But That's now totally you
0: bring true. up Cher, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Right. Um, so then, you know, Diane pipes up as she is wont to do and suggests that Coach go back to school with Sam. And she suggests yeah. this like right in front of Coach. You know, she's publicly inserting her opinion. You know, um, Coach said he had what was that? He had several years left to go. Several of those things, or something like that. Yeah, and Diane's like credit and he's Units. Like, years.
1: Yeah, I didn't really, Units, I didn't yeah. get that part. But that might have just been me.
0: Like, yeah. I guess, I so might, he
1: he dropped out of high school real early, I'm guessing. Is that what we're supposed to take away? Whereas Sam was just one class away. Coach has a lot farther to go, basically.
0: Right. Okay. That's what I took from it. Okay. That, that it wasn't sense. just like a class or so. It was like he, you know, like you said, like dropped out pretty early. Whereas yeah. Sam's only class that he has to take is geography. Hmm. So, um, so like apparently they decide they're going to do this. They're going to, you know, Coach is going to start. I think he even says, like, that's going to be his start. Mm -hmm. is going to geography class you know joining sam in that so they come in sam and coach they're humming pomp and circumstance they're excited about their test grades and so forth and they said they got the two highest grades on the test in the class and coach is amped up he wants to keep studying wants to go ahead and study more that night and sam makes a comment that studying is for saps um and then he tells Diane he doesn't remember what the test was about when she asks him. So he kind of mm-hmm. know something's up at this point, especially since apparently he'd been studying very heavily at the beginning of the episode in the office, all you know, night and day and so forth. All right. <laughs> um, yeah. And then we have the next bit of revelation here when, you know, Diane is telling Coach she's proud of him. And Coach says he studies all the time. And Sam just sleeps in the classroom, but he gets the great grades, and he never knew what a brain Sam was, and so forth. Um, and so it's all going along, seemingly innocently.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and then he says, "I really like this moment." It's like, "No wonder he's Miss Purdy's favorite." <laughs> and Diane is drinking a glass of water at the time, and when the Coach says that, she just kind of stops and mm-hmm. has this like stone expression, stone cold expression on her face. <laughs> I thought <laughs> that was really funny, the yeah. way that they did that. No wonder yeah. he's Miss Purdy's favorite. Um. So Miss Purdy, Coach says, is their beautiful school teacher. And he says, you know, he can't say necessarily that Sam's her favorite, but Sam's the only one that he ever saw her kiss. Um. And then there's the thing about him <laughs> putting – he saw them when he was putting up a notice on the bulletin board.
1: Yeah. And she asks um, – yeah, he says, well, I was, you know – putting this on the bulls, she said, with probing tongues, you know, and this this <laughs> horrified kind of thing. And he's like, no, with a thumbtack in my thumb or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was, a, that was good. That was good.
0: That was funny. Yeah, and what an odd thing to ask him, like if he saw them kissing with probing tongues, like he's no. going to really, like coach is really going to pay attention to that I don't what know. i do
1: like though is that you know coach uh, here you know well he's the only one i've ever seen her kiss and and but he still doesn't really connect it and then when you know mm-hmm. a, a few you know at beats later when when sam you know diane tells coach what sam did he's like is that true sam like he didn't connect the two that oh maybe yeah, they're involved it's-, <laughs> it's just yeah. i just love it he's just his 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 naivete you know with all mm-hmm.
0: that yeah He's kind of he's innocent about it. He just presumes positive intent on Sam's yeah. part and the teacher's part. So Diane goes in the office to confront Sam, who is, you know, pretty much knows he's done the wrong thing anyway, which mm. frustrates her that she can't lecture him on it. <laughs> you know, um, and he tells her the whole thing started innocently, and he didn't start dating the teacher to get good grades. He didn't really realize it was a problem until she graded his quizzes with close enough A plus. Dating. Yeah. Um, and then you know, Diane talks about she sort of extrapolates to the sorry state of the educational system and calls Sam's teacher a harlot, and then Sam reminds her, which I thought was an interesting bit, He reminds her that she was dating her professor when he met her mm-hmm. um and yep. she says that she was an a student in the classroom, and she never got her good grades in the sack <laughs> yeah. and then he you know. Remarks He gave her an E for effort. E for
1: effort. Yeah. She said herself, I I, I loved his retort there.
0: That was good. But you could kind of tell his heart's not in the joke though, even though I think it's a funny joke. Mm -hmm. He's still sort of, you know, bewildered about what to do in his situation. Um, And she's telling him to get his degree honestly. And he knows this, you know, so he's already kind of knows what he has to do, but he's not prepared to take this exam. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I like the i like that Sam is already aware of what's going on and that Diane, you know, wants to be that one that's convincing him of the moral path, but she can't mm-hmm. because he already knows it.
1: Yeah, he's just finishing, you know, she, she starts in on her diatribe and he's able to finish her her comments and, you know, she, she invents the whole, you know, stop slouching thing because she just needed something right. because he took the wind right out of her sails, you know. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I really, I enjoyed this this whole scene with them because in a way... I mean, yes, he's got a conscience, which obviously he has a conscience, and he, he, he beats it. He beats her to it, you know, that kind of moral decision, and he kind right. of takes her down a notch too because she doesn't get a chance to do her thing with him, you know, convince him to mm-hmm. do the moral thing and win and whatever. So, yeah, I like how they, how they set this whole
0: scene up. Yeah, I do too. Mm-hmm. And it kind of it culminates in this call to the teacher. Um, <laughs> he says it's little Samuel Malone from the third row. <laughs> 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 and he even suggested that their relationship, he says, might be unconsciously making her unconsciously change some of his grades. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was kind of a savvy way to introduce the topic mm-hmm. to her, yeah. you know, on his part. Yeah. Um, and then she's apparently told him that she's naked. Like there's this little <laughs> pause. He's like, "What? Well, yes, I'm naked too." Yeah. And Diane is just like scoffing and you know, disapproving mm-hmm. on the other side. Um, and then he says, you know, that he wants his knowledge or his exam grade to be based on his knowledge of geography, which apparently makes his teacher <laughs> she laugh. starts laughing at him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and he's not really, you know, she seems like she's more derisive and angry than she should be. Like, he wasn't necessarily breaking up with her at that point. But, mm-hmm. you know, I guess she doesn't think that he's going to be able to do, do much um, <laughs> based on his knowledge. Mm-hmm. So he hangs up. And then... This is probably one of the best lines I think of the episode. Just to Diane, like, that lady's got a mean mouth on her for a 73 year old. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> and then Diane just like this is like horrified double take yeah. again, like what,
0: you know? Yeah. Yeah. That was good teasing too. Mm, yeah. I like that. Yeah. Um, so Sam, you know, he's looking for coach to help him study, and then Norman Cliff volunteer, and Sam's I thought was rather rude to them. You know, mm-hmm. he could have said something like, oh, Coach and I have been working on this already, but he's pretty rude about, like, what well, What could you all contribute, essentially. Yep. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think that Norm and Cliff would be helpful study partners. Oh, I you think know so. Cliff has a lot of knowledge. I feel, like, I feel like Norm would be a good study partner, a good learner as mm-hmm. well for some reason. so I think so. Mm-hmm. The
1: I wanted to point out here. This is when so he asked coach to help him study, and and Diane has you know told coach about uh, Sam's relationship with yes. with the teacher, and and coach is you know justifiably kind of upset. You know the fact that he's been working his buns off, and Sam's just been sleeping there, and, and well sleeping in the classroom and sleeping elsewhere, and as a result mm-hmm. getting good you know good marks for it. Um and and coach. <laughs> Coach has a funny line here. All this time I've been doing something like, you know, I've been doing this and you've been, you've just been polishing the teacher's apple. (laughs) (laughs) I missed that Mm -hmm. the first time I watched this episode. I missed his comment on that for whatever reason. So when I rewatched it, I really, that that caught me unexpectedly right there.
0: Yeah. Well, there's a lot of like, Coach's lines usually aren't that rapid paced. You know, I have a comment here or there, but this is really a lot from him Mm -hmm. and one Sort of diatribe, you know, he's angry. Yeah, yeah. So it kind of blends in, but it's a great comment. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And then um, yeah. coach, so coach is not happy, and he's basically refusing to help him study. Right? I mean, he just kind of walks mm-hmm. out and everything. Uh, and um, one go- another good line. Carla's had just all sorts of good ones this episode. But Sam asks her what she knows about geography, and she says, "I know what creek you're up." <laughs> yes.
0: that was great. <laughs> That was really a great <laughs> geographical joke. Yeah.
1: And I have to I have to point out because this, this is my this scene, I lost it. I lost it when I watched this. Um uh, best of the episode, best of the season to this point. I just love this scene. Um, so he, he has to turn back to Cliff and Norm, who again, beats ago, he just insulted and, and Cliff and Norm immediately launch into this, we're too dumb kind of routine. And Mm -hmm. I just loved this routine because they, it's so exaggerated, you know, Norm tries to get up and, (laughs) And telling himself how to walk a cliff and it's just it's so ridiculous but I loved it and it harkens back to when they do this on a much smaller briefer scale um, the episode homicidal ham from season 2 <laughs> yes. which is a fantastic episode it's the same thing there where um, Diane kind of Sort of insults them about what they don't know what the plot of the The Shakespeare play play would be. It's like, well, I wonder who
0: she's talking about. Talking about Norm. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) So that's
1: right. I don't know what it is, but I love this routine. So I I was glad to see a reappearance of it. And something about when when Norm's walking, you know, because Norm's a big guy, right? And so when he's actually trying to walk like that, and Norm's like, or Cliff's like, you know, right, left, right, you know. Left, right, right. (laughs) I loved this scene. And Sam just sitting back, a... you know, watching it, and Diane's yeah. amused in the background. And yeah, I...
0: That, I like that, too. The Diane's laughing about that, like, them <laughs> yeah. carrying on. Yeah. I love that.
1: It's yeah, they,
0: they really, they do mm. a great job. It's fantastic. The, the dumb routine. Yeah. And they just kind of enact it all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. You know, too. Like, we might be yeah. too dumb. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so, yeah, Sam approaches Diane, and I think he says, like, it's just you and me, you know. And she talks about how she and Fraser have tickets to a piece of experimental theater, the last act of which takes place in Fraser's living room. So she feels <laughs> like she has to go. <laughs> that just sounds like something Diane and Fraser would attend. Uh, Definitely, yeah. Yeah, um, but she does say that she'll cancel to help Sam, essentially, if he wants her to. So I thought that that was. You know, it made her some of her earlier things uh, less or more bearable. I guess some of yeah. her earlier annoying behaviors more bearable. That she really would try to help him if he needed it.
1: Yeah, she does redeem herself a little bit here. Yeah. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. she kind of realizes she's gotten herself into it ever so slightly with him. I think. Mm-hmm. Punctuation snob comment. I did notice that the book. <laughs> Says the world and its people, like with an apostrophe, like it is people instead of the world and it's. Oh, well, see there you go. That's definitely so, not a college I mean, that's my, text. That's a high school it's text. No way, <laughs> exactly. That's my Diane moment, is calling attention to the <laughs> the um right the mispunctuated book title. <laughs> <laughs> so, and because Sam's holding it, I can see it like very mm-hmm. clearly. So it's funny. And Coach comes back in, um, and he talks about how Sam always messes up, and he's always bailing him out. <laughs> You know, and he goes on about this, like, you mess up, I bail you out, and so forth. Um, I I like that because it's kind of a call back to the earlier parts of their relationship, too, that we heard about when the show started, you Mm -hmm. know, in in the early, like, what, season one, even. Um, Which I think is nice because our time with Coach is kind of coming full circle. So it's sort of a reminder that that was Mm -hmm. the initial relationship between Coach and Sam, really. Yeah. I, I
1: like it because, again, they do have that kind of paternal relationship, and yet it's really hard to, like, take – it's hard for me to take Coach real seriously, and that's, in mm-hmm. a way, what makes his lines so much funnier because, you know, he's, like, going on, you mess up, I bail you out. Don't you think it's getting a little old saying you – know, just <laughs> it's this amazing. whole delivery of it. It's funny. I find it yeah. funny more than anything, but yet there is also that that kind of father-son element of, of that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but he keeps talking about how it's boring, you Yeah, know, yeah. Um, and then they sit down and he's telling Sam that you can learn anything with one trick. So they're going to start with Albania and he's associating countries with music to learn facts. So he gets Sam singing the Albania part and then teaches him the lyrics to the Albania song, mm-hmm. which is, you know, a, a Cheers famous song, at least at this point. I think most people <laughs> that have seen Cheers even if they haven't seen this episode, know of the Albania song.
1: Well, and see, that's interesting because I did not. Um, do we do we get to hear this song in the future in any other episodes no. or is it just one no, of those it's, where it's – it's okay. just
0: from this. Right? Okay. Yeah. It's, it's very memorable. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that I've remembered it all of these years, <laughs> the Albania, Albania, you border on the Adriatic. Like everything I know about <laughs> Albania I learned from Cheers pretty much.
1: Yeah. And I love I how, how Coach uh, – th- well, uh, two things on this scene. So there's two guys in the background, two extras, who keep looking over as Coach just keeps going on and singing. And you can tell it's like mildly amused kind of kind of mm-hmm. on their faces. Um, but I like how Coach – you know, we, we start with kind of geography and facts, and then he goes into how it's a communist country it's and it's a, a red regime. regime. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I just – I really liked that element of, of it. It almost like becomes – again it's one thing you know like working with a kid to to come up with a little scheme a little singing scheme to remember something but then to Mm. make a whole song about it (laughs) that's what i find right with
0: verses right right Right. and i really like when they sing on cheers as well i've always liked that it happens more in the earlier years i think Mm. than later on but i just i've always liked that and i like coach leading the song too yeah you know Chief export is Chrome. Chrome. At least. In 1985. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Because that's really going to help you on your geography test, right?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Land is mostly mountainous. Yeah. Um, Coach and Sam come in from their exam. Coach is singing about Taiwan. It's like Taiwan on the sea, the China Sea. (laughs) And he says he got an A on the test and the best, one of the best grades in the class, I think. And Sam says he got a D. Um, the coach is happy. Like he says he got an A and he's proud of himself, but he's proud of Sam too. You know, Sam Malone is now a high school graduate and Sam is a little bit sullen. He's like a D D in dumb, you know, and then Diane tells him it's a D as in diploma. So he, you know, did what he needed to do.
1: You know, it is interesting again, minute fact that it really doesn't matter. But, um, mm. I, I didn't think that if you got a D in a class, oh, well, that must have been a D on the exam. Maybe he got a higher grade in the class. I'm reading way too much into it. They said, it, but.
0: No, I, they said that something about like the, the grade they got in the exam was going to be the grade for the class. Because that was a right. whole fear factor for Sam in taking this exam.
1: Because if you get a D in a class, you don't get to pass it, do you? It's been a long time. But I I, I feel I like, especially high school, I feel like if you got below a C, you had to retake it. And you certainly didn't get the credit. But I don't know. For whatever it's worth.
0: I, I mean... I don't know. I think a D probably. I don't know what the ramifications of that were, but I guess anything above an F, maybe. That could be true. That could be true. Yeah. Hmm. Um, And Sam says, I studied myself horse for that exam. (laughs) (laughs) And then he talks about how he just can't learn things and his mind is not like Diane's, you know. And she tells him he has street smarts and common sense, which is true. Yeah. But he seems to kind of rue that at this moment. You know, because it's not his arena, I guess. Mm -hmm. You know, it feels like he's dumb. Um, And then she does the mistake with the capital of South Dakota. She's like, well, just because you don't know that Pierre is the capital, or North Dakota, rather, um, North Dakota. Mm -hmm. You know, and he kind of perks up, and he's like, well, wait a minute, what did you say? He corrects her and says it's Bismarck. And... You know, people are laughing. People <laughs> in the bar are laughing at this point about Diane not knowing the state capitals because mm-hmm. he's like, "Well, what about was it the, was it um,
1: Oregon? Oregon? Yeah. yeah, he kind of he tricks kinda her. Tricks and, her, right? Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> right. I think it's funny though that like everybody in the bar is laughing at her. <laughs>
1: like, <laughs> like they, they all, do, like they, they all thought all it really was out. Pierre. Everybody, yeah,
0: right in the bar knows all the state capitals except for Diane.
1: I, I think know. everyone jumps on it more as like a, the way I took it was everyone jumped on it to be like, huh, for once Diane's wrong about something, something she doesn't know right. we're going to, we're going to revel in this moment. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. And that Sam does know. Yeah. Yeah. And then her last line, she's just sitting there, she's like, if, if ignorance is bliss, this is Eden.
1: Yes. That was a good line.
0: <laughs> I thought so too. I thought that was a good ending, even though she's mm-hmm. being defensive of her own, you know. Yeah. Intellectual errors. I thought that was a great last line. It was. It was. I liked I really this liked whole
1: that. thing with, with capitals. It really takes you back to elementary school, doesn't it? At least for yeah. me, it does. Because I remember mm-hmm. for some reason or other with history, we really, we hit the state capitals and all that very hard. So in my mind, I still remember a lot of them. I'm sure I'm wrong on many. But one thing that's so funny is there are those states where you know, the big famous city is not the capital, not the capital. Know? and, right. and, and it's very against what you would think just, you know, in, in the media and in the news and everything. So I don't know. It took me right back to, to elementary school with having to label the States. Where's the capital? What's say, the capital? I the loved, map. I loved doing that in school. I loved <laughs> I it. it. I was actually really good at it at the time. I don't know if I'd be as good yeah. as it now, but, um, yeah, that was fun.
0: Yeah. No, I was, too. I remember the map and having to write the little Mm -hmm. capital, the name of the capital, Mm -hmm. you know, on each state and so forth. And I do think that I knew all of that. Like, I was good at it as well, but I don't know that I would be now. Right. Either. (laughs) It's interesting. It's like almost like, you know, the information that you get in the interim is interfered with what you just said, that it's not always the big, you know, sort of news producing cities that are the state capitals. Right. So, yeah, that was was a fun little bit of trivia back and forth, too.
1: I thought this episode, again, and it's not even when I'm, you know, reflecting back on why I really did so much enjoy this episode. It wasn't really even so much the plot. The plot was fine, but that wasn't the big thing for me. It was really just it being the sum of so many one-liners and and really sharp dialogue. Um, I, uh, again, I said this about the last episode, too, but Carla just you know on all cylinders especially with with her interactions with cliff this episode he um yeah. i wanted to go back to one because again you kind of have that minor the thread throughout of his ear job you know his ear mm-hmm. tuck or whatever um and it's it uh, there's a little uh, exchange between them back before uh, right before coach and sam come in they've taken the um the first exam or whatever and all that Uh, cliff comes in says tomorrow i'm going under the knife it's supposed to happen the next day and carla says why don't you just go under the bus (laughs) (laughs) it's a mean line it's a mean line but then again that's (laughs) it's her and um just just how she razzes him And, and what's funny is that you know it really is all on him because at the very the teaser, you know, which which mm-hmm. introduces all that, you know, she she had not noticed his ears before. It's like he just approaches her out of the blue and says, you know, don't make fun of my ears. And she's here's this thing she's never made fun of. Yeah, and, right. He tells yeah. her about it. So I mean, in a way, drawing her attention to it, trying to get attention or whatever for it, was his doing. And so now mm-hmm. that you know, he put her on that path, it's, you know, it's kind of on him. It's like, what were you doing? You know, you could have just done it and not told anyone, you know, but.
0: (laughs) Right, exactly. Nobody would have been the wiser, probably. Yeah. That's true.
1: But um, yeah, just just I, I just I really enjoyed this episode because mm-hmm. I thought that there were just so many good lines and um, what well, did it for me above all? I, I maybe it's juvenile, I don't know, but I love Cliff and Norm's routine. I love <laughs> their, them playing dumb. I hope I get to see yeah. more of that because again, it just I I really enjoyed that. It was hysterical. Yeah,
0: it, I I do too. <laughs> I think that they're really they're really good in that part, and it's just. It's, you know, everybody else's reactions. Like, well, Sam and Diane's reactions to them. You know, <laughs> yeah. Sam's just exasperated and she thinks it's funny. Uh, well, you know, that yeah. is good. Yeah, I like that Sam's quick thinking, saying that the teacher was 73 years old. I thought that was really mm-hmm. a funny joke on Diane. Um, like he's able to get one over on her, you know, when she kind of has the upper hand throughout that entire scene.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then, of course, as I said, the Albania song.
1: And one thing... Uh, You commented on this as as liking it as well, but I really do like when Diane figures out that he's, you know, sleeping with his teacher. She goes in all ready to, you know, give it to him and, 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 Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. And he knows and he knows. And at that point, he's already realized, oh, this is bad. And so in a way, you get that you get the you get it turned on its head. Right. Because there's been other times where, you know, he may not see what the problem is in that situation. And this one, he really does. And so I like how they built that into it.
0: Mm-hmm. I do too I do too because she's like I'm this is how this is supposed to go like this relationship this interaction is supposed to be me reprimanding you yes. and teaching you about morality but you know I can't do that so, like <laughs> right. what, where does that leave her Yeah yeah that was good too I really think it's a solid episode and it's mm-hmm. a good character it's a good Sam and coach character piece for sure and just you know like really woven all throughout good characterizations I think. Absolutely.
1: That will do it for us today. You can find us on Facebook, Norm, a Cheers podcast, and on Twitter at Cheers underscore Norm. You can listen to or download old and new episodes at the usual places, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, and Spotify. Leave us a like and comment and join in on our community there. Thanks so much for listening.
0: Welcome to Norm, a Cheers podcast. We're co-hosting a weekly discussion of the television show Cheers, which aired on NBC from 1982 to 1993. We're your hosts, Marlene Stemmy and Andy Blaker. How's it going tonight, Andy?
1: Good evening. It's good. How are you?
0: I am I'm doing well. I'm excited about this episode, and I'm going to tell you a sort of a a little bit of what might seem a random reason why, and it's because it's a snow episode. Now, I may have mentioned before that I am very particular (laughs) (laughs) to the cold weather episodes that Cheers Mm -hmm. has throughout its years, and this is probably the snowiest, I think, that we see, if memory serves.
1: I made note of that. You get a couple snowy shots here, so Mm -hmm. I I knew that would make you happy.
0: It really did. (laughs) Every segue, you know, it almost seems like they added extra, you know, so I really... I do. I just, I really enjoy that. (laughs) So the episode title is episode 17 of season three. The episode title is The Mail Goes to Jail. It was written by David Lloyd, directed by James Burroughs, and it aired for the first time on February 7th, 1985. And our log line or episode summary is that Cliff comes into cheers sick in the middle of his mail route on this snowy winter day. And... Norm volunteers to finish delivering Cliff's mail for him um, because he's going to risk non delivery if the mail does not get, you know, the route doesn't get finished that day. But then Norm ends up in jail accused of mail theft. Cliff is fearing for his career if he tells the truth to get Norm out of jail. And meanwhile, the heater at Cheers is malfunctioning. And after lecturing about Yankee ingenuity, Diane is recruited to crawl through the ducts to find the problem in the heater. So that's kind of what's going on in the bar. You know, everything is sort of centered in the bar, of course, on this cold day. But on our teaser, we have this little scenario. One of the guys, um, sort of one of the tertiary characters, Larry, in the bar asks Norm if he's had any luck impregnating Vera. And he just pretty much walks up and brings (laughs) up the topic. Um, Norm is rather short with him. Then he apologizes, and you know he makes this little crack to Larry that Larry should understand that he's gone an entire month with sex. You know, Cliff asks Norm if he, they've gone to a fertility specialist, and Norm talks about how the doctor has Vera sprinkling rhinoceros horn on his cereal. And you know, Coach jumps in. So I mean, the thing about this is like they're all jumping into this conversation about Norm's fertility, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and Coach asks him if it feels, if he feels more virile. And he says no, but sometimes he wants to charge a jeep, gets the urge to charge a jeep. Um, but it's just really, it seems to me, this is sort of like one more entry into the prying into Norm's, you know, sort of fatherhood, I guess. That storyline about Norm and Vera trying to have a kid.
1: It's yeah. really become an obsession for people there, I think.
0: mm mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What did you think of the teaser?
1: Yeah, I enjoyed did it. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. I like the line where he said... Um, cliff says you know something about you know do you mind if i get personal or something or do you mind if i you know mm-hmm. he's like well god forbid this get personal now you right.
0: know
1: <laughs> he's good natured right. enough about it
0: yeah yeah he is good nature but you get the sense that he'd probably like to keep his personal business somewhat private but he's you know still sharing that he's not entirely enthusiastic about mating <laughs> That's mm-hmm. what he makes right. it out to me. Um, right <laughs> I thought I thought it was okay. I didn't think it was great. You know, it didn't seem like they were like super enthused about mm-hmm. about it. But I thought it was fine. It kind of fine, yeah. Storyline, yeah. That's
1: that's the word. I mean, it's passable. It sums it up, and mm-hmm. same here.
0: Yeah. So then we have, of course, like the intro, and we have the snowy scenes, the snowstorm going on to set the mood. And the interior of the bar, everybody is wearing coats and hats and gloves, all the customers, all of our tier staff. And, mm-hmm. you know, we have Norm's traditional entry, and Coach has this line about what do you say to a beard, Normie? Like, Daddy loves you, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. Yeah. And then basically, like, Norm takes off his coat and then kind of yelps in the cold and athletes mm-hmm. going on. So there's this blockage in the heating system. And Norm asks what Sam's doing about it. And Diane, this is when we get Diane talking about how she can't believe how everyone's helpless, and how about a little Yankee ingenuity, and, you know, all of these things. So she's mm-hmm. kind of setting the stage of, like, they need to do something about that and not all wait for Sam, you know, to take care of everything. Right. Um, and then Cliff comes in, he's dragging his mailbag, and he's sick. I mean, I guess we could presume, presume that this is also from the cold weather. And... He's come in for coffee before finishing his route. And then Cliff, a coach suggests to Cliff that he have a brandy. And Cliff declines. You know, he's kind of moralistic about it, I guess. He's saying that as long as he's carrying his mailbag, there's one thing that will never touch his lips. And Carla jumps in and has her great line You mean there's something that wants to? Mm hmm. <laughs> yeah. um, so Cliff gets a bowl of soup, you know, from Melville's. Coach asks for that. So they're kind of they're taking care of Cliff. Yeah. And then he's asking about the heat. Um, And Diane again, and she's talking about how nobody is skilled enough to fix the heat. And it's just, it's kind of on and on really throughout this early part of the episode, I think, with Diane complaining about how nobody can do anything. Um, So, what this early part, the setup, you know, I think is it's kind of fun because they're talking to Cliff about, like, why don't you call in sick and all of that. Like, what did you think of this part? What were your, your notes on that?
1: Yeah, I liked it. I mean, I, I thought it set it up how, you know, later on it comes in. He's His whole um, his identity is tied in with the job, you know, and, and it, it's a little, I don't know, a little much in terms of how serious he takes it and everything, I think, um, his perspective on it. But um, I, I like how they set it up. I thought yeah. I, I liked how there's like the symmetry between what comes later, not only with the whole, you know, heating duct uh, fiasco, but um, coach's own story, you know, as it develops his whole identity tied in with his job and the and the, the fear of losing his job is just like this sort of undoing for him.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really is. Um, I think it's funny, though, there's a part in the early part when or in the early part of the story when... He says that he'd have to be on the verge of death before he takes sick leave, and then Carla yeah. says, "Thought you use your sick leave to go to Florida." <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know? so he's you know as seriously as he takes his job, he's still gonna you know manipulate what he needs to, or you know, of course, yeah. all of this. Like I, I would never do this. I would never do that. Like, didn't you go to Florida instead? And <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know. But that's that's just Cliff. So this is the you know when Norm notices that cliff has some letters left to deliver and volunteers he says they're on his way home you know he'll take him for him and so forth and they go into how norm isn't trained or qualified as a postman <laughs> uh. <laughs> What are you? What, what were you thinking about this? You're well,
1: my, my favorite line was when, um, you know, coach our coach um, Cliff is like, you know, no chimps are not, you know, they're thirty two percent slower or whatever. Granted, <laughs> yeah. they rank higher with customer uh, relations. Right. I thought that was a pretty good line.
0: Yes, I do, because Norm is saying, I think that like it's what does it take? A, a chimp could do it, and the mm-hmm. Cliff has this, you know, these his facts about chimp performance. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But that line about how, you know, the chimps relate better with customers, sure I just right. thought that was pretty, I don't know, <laughs> yes. a, a really good, a good kind of ironic kind
0: of line, you know? Mm-hmm. I do too. And that, it, you know, it's part of a study, at least according to Cliff.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So Norm takes the letters, and he kind of does that, like, the line in the deep voice that he could run the risk of non-delivery, livery, livery, <laughs> livery. <low. laughs> Hell, I like That's when fun. Norm does that. It's fun. hmm Uh, So, yes, Sam, so Sam, this is, I think, an important part that comes up later, um, that Sam is, or an important aspect, that Sam is not there during this entire first scene, you know, with Norman Cliff, that he comes in at this point with this young lady dressed in this, like, colorful ski bib, ski outfit, she's still wearing this ski outfit, and, you know, he notices that there's something wrong with the furnace, that's what happens to it, and so forth. Um, and then talks about how they were warm in the mountains and he's really playing up this whole you know weekend he's had with Bambi this girl that he's with mm-hmm. and you know they, they he's saying something like well we have to generate some heat and so forth and so they're kissing at the door and Diane says like don't bother we'll huddle around a three watt light bulb <laughs> so you know you kind of she's getting prickled by this but she's got her one-liners as well yep um, and then they go back and forth about the ski trip, you know. And Bambi's clearly not an intellectual. She's talking about how the skis were stolen, and they had to spend the entire time in the lodge. And then they turned up on the rack of Sam's car when they were leaving, you know. And she's just kind of, she's dumbly amused. I mean, she does seem like she had a good time, <laughs> though. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. um, and then she says she has to be at BU in half an hour. And then Sam's kind of showing off, like, BU, you, you know, isn't that where all the intellectual types hang out and so forth? Um, and she's going to be, she says she's going to be part of a fraternity s- stunt. So that's quite, you know, what she's going. And there's a part about, like, Sam's talking about how she's tutoring some of the boys. And Bambi's like, well, in a way, you know. Yeah. Um, I have to say, like, I thought that Bambi did, a, that the actress that played Bambi did a good job in that. In that part, like I was entertained by their entire interaction.
1: Yeah, she's certainly—I mean—a very kind of charismatic kind of person. Now, I thought we—we've seen, have we seen a Bambi before?
0: I'm trying to remember.
1: Oh, you know what I'm thinking of? Brandy. Well, Are you thinking of Brandy yes. with two E's? With two, okay. with two <laughs> E's.
0: <laughs> I was thinking it was
1: Bambi with e's. two E's, but you're yeah, right.
0: Yeah, no, but I thought of the exact same thing that you did. So that's. <laughs> Definitely a connection there. Yeah. Brandy with two E's. Not tremendously unlike Bambi, I wouldn't think. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so they're really just amping this up. Or, I mean, Bambi's just being herself, but Sam's amping it up for Diane, you know. Um, Diane's yeah. making fun of her name, and she's saying it's better than Dumbo or Goofy and all of this. <laughs> and she remarks that Bambi wasn't the same little deer that Sam left with on Friday. So they have their back and forth about that as... Sam is checking the heating duct and mm-hmm. so he's kind of like they're talking about how what was it like if he's dumb or if he's intellectually matched with these different women and so forth.
1: Yeah. And, and Diane's shiny. just prancing around this whole time. She's just loving this, you know, the the the, the way <laughs> she talks about her, you know, that that wasn't the same little deer you were with yesterday, you know, or whatever. And she's having right. the time of her life.
0: Yeah, she's getting a kick out of it for sure. And so Sam basically is like, well, I've done what I can do. You know, he's not being very handy fixing the, the heating duct, which, mm. you know, Diane is not impressed by his um, his Yankee ingenuity, for sure, at this point. He says he's done what he, what he can do. Yeah. <laughs> and...
1: She's like, you shined a flashlight on it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, doesn't he say like oh, it usually works too? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So then Sam knows notices that Co- or sorry, notices that Cliff is in his office. I think Cliff had come out to ask for more soup. So this is the part when Sam sort of becomes aware of what's happening with um, with Cliff. And at the same time, policeman comes in looking for Cliff, and he asks if Cliff knows Norm, and says they've arrested him for mail theft. Mm-hmm. So I thought this entire part with the cop and Cliff was like, was pretty well done. I thought that it was very, you know, you get angry, or at least I get angry at Cliff, because this is when he starts b- being defensive and, you know, really throwing Norm under the bus. But at the same time, this discussion, I think, is pretty funny about his role at the post office and mm-hmm. you know, how he appreciates the, the you know the federal people, appreciate the local people and all of that.
1: Right, right.
0: Um, what, yeah. Did you have any things that you that you thought about that particular scene?
1: The scene I like, the part I liked best was when, um, and I, I didn't write down the specific terms they used, but the cop and Cliff were basically batting forth. The idea of oh man, whatever happened to the old you know, to- torture techniques, right? When they used to flog <laughs> a man and they used to do, and they just like, get, it, it it gets progressively more serious for something that's, you know, male theft, allegedly. So right. I liked how they, they were both so enthused about about these, these weird archaic kind of torture things, you know?
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like Cliff is sort of seeing them as brothers, like as officers of the law in a way, you know, Mm -hmm. and he mentioned, he does mention flogging, getting ready to flogging. And the officer says like bleeding hearts, (laughs) calls them bleeding hearts. Um, And then there is a part about him asking how well, how well do do you know Norm? Because like Cliff is really (laughs) denying that he knows him at all, you know? Yeah. Um, And he says portly guy. And, and the office like, full
1: yeah. size, full size. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And then right after that, he says, so, so what's going to happen to this Mr. Patterson, right? <laughs> <laughs> he's playing it up yeah. pretty well. I mean, you know, he's, yeah. I mean, he's brown nosing like, like mm-hmm. no one else's business here. But um, yeah, I like, I, I did like the lines. I thought they were really well written. How he's kind of, you know, acting like he just has no, barely an idea of who this guy is, you know, trying to recall yeah. him.
0: And he's kind of making it seem like, oh, this is just a common condition, because he talks about postal envy, like the Norm <laughs> is this frustrated, you know, mailman wannabe type of character, basically. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah. You know. um, and then, so this is when Sam gets wind of the situation, and he thinks that the officer is talking, like implicating Cliff, basically, and so Sam is defending mm-hmm. Cliff, and Sam is being the loyal friend to Cliff, that Cliff is not being the norm, it seems to me. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And Cl- it's actually a really, I mean, clever contrast when you set it up that way, you know. The, mm-hmm. the fact that Sam kind of swoops in to be like, hey, I'm the owner here, what's going on? You know, I'm he, he defends this guy, I've known him for years, he's a standout guy. And the whole time, Cliff's just kind of, you know, this... In this moment, kind of this sneeveling kind of, you know, guy willing to let him take the fall. Willing to let right. Norm take the fall.
0: Right. And Cliff is trying to distract Sam from knowing what really happened. You know, he's like, oh, let's go play pool. Let's, you know, let's do this and so forth. Because Sam was not mm-hmm. there. That was the whole thing about, you know, the, the entry that Sam made, you know, sort of after the episode had started, is that he didn't know this entire backstory of why... Um, the officer would be there questioning Cliff in the first place. Right. Right. You know. And then it's Diane that reveals that Norman, as she calls him, was finishing Cliff's route, you know, and then it all kind of turns on its head at this point. Mm-hmm.
1: It really does, and it becomes this sort of, like, this this mob drama. Um, one thing that I made note of throughout, like we've seen in some other episodes, um, many episodes, really, but it's most effective and more noticeable here, I think. The idea everyone at the bar, the extras, the people, you know, the one-offs, just all take this real interest in what's happening, and, and basically Cliff becomes this, you know persona non grata right i mean this whole this he's just like the enemy here you know because of what he's doing and everyone's just kind of against him from from that moment on um until Mm -hmm. he kind of redeems himself so i i liked that aspect um of of how it is kind of like this we've talked about like the the mob mentality in other episodes like um uh the boys in the bar back in season one Mm -hmm. that that kind of comes to mind and it's different here but it's kind of the same idea that that it's this this huge cast of, of nameless people, right? Just the extras in the background. And they all are, mm-hmm. like, so invested in this. Like, it's just, you know, you can hear everything going on in the bar. So, I don't know. I kind of liked how they did that.
0: I do, too. And I like that they included the extras. Like, they're not, you know, usually they're having conversations on their own and just being bar patrons basically and they still right. are in this sense but you, they are all involved in this situation that's going on and, and mm-hmm. being sort of morally disturbed by Cliff's behavior you know like people will turn around from wherever they're standing and respond to something that somebody said so mm-hmm. I, I noticed that as well and I think it's kind it's of it's kind the, of
1: Hmm? No, I'm sorry. Just because it is kind of funny yeah. in parts, just like how how you know these people who you've never seen before. It's like oh, they're just in here for a drink, and they're they're invested. Like they know who all these people are, and you know, <laughs> know. it's it is kind of funny in certain parts. But
0: it, that's yeah, that's true. It really is. And I noticed too, like Coach is very, I mean, and Coach is a very you know sort of like moral character, and he usually does not get involved in like the boys in the bar, for example. He's not involved in the mob mentality in that episode and then the other mm-hmm. one that comes to mind is um where there's a will when yes. malcolm is going to leave the money to the bar you know and they're all sort mm-hmm. of becoming greedier and whatnot and coach isn't really involved in that either so he's the one that's sort of the neutral or that you know i like just not involved in the whatever the you know the negative aspect of the mob mentality but here he's almost a leader I think in the like the sort of this charge for Cliff to do the right thing because Mm -hmm. he's like almost yelling. He's like, it's obvious what you've done. You've run your best friend Norm up the river. (laughs) He
1: is not having it. He is not having it in this episode.
0: (laughs) There's a part. I don't know. I don't remember if it's in this part or later on. I think it's later on. Like he actually hits the bar when he's talking like he's that Mm -hmm. angry about it, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I thought that was a really good part for coach to take in this
1: I liked him because he is like you said he's kind of this 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 moral figure of mm-hmm. uh, like like a like a compass you know his conscious like you know this is the wrong thing to do you better just and he's not he's not cutting him any crap you know it's just like right. you need to do the right thing and there's no black and white uh, there's no gray about it it's just a black and white matter
0: yep mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And I think, like, you know, you take Carla, for example. Like, Carla has been on different sides. When you have a mob mentality in the bar, she's usually on the side of the mob. Or always, I would say, in the episodes we've seen so far. And in this one, it's like the mob happens to be on the side of right. You know, so she is also saying, like, Norm isn't at some party and, you know, all these things that are happening to him and so forth. Um, And Cliff is kind of making light of that. Like, she says something about, whatever's happening to him in jail and he's like norm or sorry cliff tries to make this joke about norm's marriage like that's how he describes a typical evening at home and you know all of that
1: (laughs) i wrote that joke down (laughs) oh did you okay well i guess i i liked that scene because it you know I don't know how to describe what I liked about it, but I, I really liked how they wrote that because it would be a joke that Norm would say. And, and it would be one right. of those chuckles. Everyone would be like, oh, Norm. And then here mm-hmm. they're just like, you know, they're, they're just so disgusted by it. You know, Diane and Sam's face is like Clifford, you know, and it's just like scolding him. And, and he's just like, his his confusion on his face. And, and he's like, well, that just totally flopped. And I liked how they played that, you know, that that one line.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I do too. Cliff is trying to, he, he makes comments like he's, you know, trying to think of the best thing to do for all concerned here. You know, all of these things are like, it's almost like talking about like the best thing, like for the people. You know, it's like, who is this really that you're talking about? You know, and of course, it's just his own cowardice, and they all know that. And so when we get to the part, he's on the phone, he's like, you know, I'm going to call a defense attorney. And he's going on about how this is going to be the best friend he has in the whole world and money's no object and so forth. And then, you know, I guess when he hears the amount, he's like, how much for one guy, you know, and Mm -hmm. kind of drops that angle. Um, Yeah. And it, it just, like throughout, he's like, you should try to see this through my eyes and how this basically like, like you said at the outset, like the post office is all he has and this is his entire identity and so forth. And that, Norm, what does he say? Like he's such a sweet guy, the jury will go easy on him, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a line about how, like, he says his entire career is hanging in the balance, and you know, Carla says she'd like to see him hanging in the balance. <laughs> so, you know, th- I guess the thing with Cliff in this that is so, you know, I mean, there are a lot of things I think that are bothersome, but he thinks when he finally decides to at least figure out what the penalty would be if he confessed is that he thinks he's doing this gutsy, brave thing rather Mm. than, you know, like it being like the very baseline for decent behavior. That's
1: interesting. Yeah, you're right. I mean, that's it. It is. He doesn't come off obviously very good in this episode, you know, I mean until the very end, but um, yeah, I, I can't say I really enjoy him too much in this episode. I mean, I, I, you can empathize I think with him realizing that, you know, this job that he is obviously so you know he's done it for so long and he takes such pride in it the fact that he could be losing that i mean you know i i don't know if that what this says about me but i can understand his idea of wanting to like protect himself i can um Mm -hmm. even at the expense of 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 norm there um but yeah he doesn't come off very good and in fact he's kind of annoying in, in in a lot of this episode for me
0: well, I think that's an interesting point too that he's annoying because when you mention that like there's a side like you're talking about like that you're empathetic for his mm-hmm. life as a post <laughs> postman I guess you know and that is important to him and that's kind of like how he sees himself and he's always wearing this postal uniform or he'll accessorize based on his postal like all of these things that at the same mm-hmm. time like how much of it is really like anger because of his disloyalty and how much of it is he's behaving in an annoying way because annoyance isn't necessarily immoral you know what i mean i feel like it's i'm right i don't know i feel like angry at him but then i wonder if some of it is just because he's also being annoying if that Mm -hmm. makes sense yeah no it's true it's true yeah and there's a part in this too it was one of my favorite lines that the coach has that anybody has, but it's a coach line when um, Cliff is talking about calling to turn himself in or to, you know, report this or whatever, find out the penalty. And he says it has to be anonymous.
1: <laughs> and then he takes a poll. And coaches Who like, oh, oh, here? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah.
0: So... He says, like, who here, yeah, like, thinks that Cliff should do this? And everybody, that's, like, one of the examples you're talking about. Like, everybody in the bar, like, even the people that are, you know, usually not paying attention vote in favor of this. And so Coach declares that anonymous. And it's funny as a, you know, like, sort of mistaken words, like, switching the word thing. But then Coach says, I don't know if you noticed this, but Coach says, like, not even an abstention.
1: Yes. Yeah, I did. Yeah. (laughs) I like that.
0: I I think that just buttons the joke because he does know what he's talking about. He's not Uh dumb.
1: No. (laughs) It's just uh, it's similar words. It's, you know. mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I liked
0: that bit. Um, So, yeah, in the midst of this, Sam has gone basically to go and, you know, see see about Norm, to look after him in the jail and says that, you know, Norm can't get out unless the post office drops the charges and so Cliff has to tell the truth. And then Carla tells Sam that they have other problems. So this is when we get to the part of Diane being in the, um, in the ducts because, as Carla says, Diane's been shooting her face off about this whole thing about, you know, like, why can't they fix the heating and so forth. Um, and so she's, as <laughs> Sam asks where Diane is, and she says, I'm beneath you, Sam, <laughs> which opens up this entire other plot line. Uh-huh. So Sam opens the grate, you know, Diane's face is right there in that crawl space and she's stuck in there. She can't crawl any further and she says that her clothes are snagged on something and she can't back up. I have to say, I don't know what you think of this, I have to say, but that part of it seems like a flimsy excuse if it's just your clothes that are stuck, like, can't you just, mm-hmm. you can tear your clothes, <laughs> you know, or right, the... some scissors right. or something.
1: Right, right, yeah. Yeah, no, well, it's interesting. I mean, they have to figure out a way to keep her in there for the the remainder of the episode, right? so Right,
0: yeah. <laughs> but I just, it's kind of persnickety, I think, to have, like, mm-hmm. well, my clothes are snagged so I can't move. Um, right. I just thought that, that was, it was an interesting and suited to Diane reason, I guess. It was. It's I will a-
1: say I thought that this was... Um, I mean, obviously this is the, you know, the subplot of, of the episode, but I Mm -hmm. thought that this really was probably the best bit of the episode. The fact that she, for the second half is stuck in the vent and they, you know, her, her interactions with Sam, which I want to talk about in a minute, but um, also how they kind of use her almost as the voice of God, right. Where, you know, Mm -hmm. she, she. I don't know. I read it like she's like almost a, a mimicry of of, of um, Cliff and then eventually Norm's conscious. They hear her voice, but they can't see her. And they play it for comedic effect. And I, I don't know. I really liked that she was in this in this bit for, for the rest of the episode. I thought it really mm-hmm. took the episode. You know, it's a strong episode, but this made it even stronger for me.
0: Oh, I completely agree. It's almost like... It- it's like a God's eye view, except it's below rather than above, I think. Right. In right. some ways. Yeah. And she has this very different perspective on what's going on.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and, you know, you have, like, the little cute exchanges and the with Carla wants to do the egg toss <laughs> contest mm-hmm. to win a beer. And then later on, there's the part with Al where she's going to have, like, almost yes. like a kissing booth, I think. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> That was a good part for Al too. And she says she said something how he had all his shots in the Navy or something like that. You know. Oh, well, like, I want
1: to I want to talk about that for a minute if we should do that. Okay, now. yeah, we can. I, it's all I, kind of of a piece. <laughs> I don't know what it is with me and Al. I really don't know. But I I this was my my favorite little. It's not even really a scene. This is my favorite little bit of, of the episode overall. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I I think what does it for me is the fact that I see him, again, just, just knowing him up to this point of the series i see him as kind of this senile old man you know he's he's asking carla at that bit you know a dollar no no it's happy hour 50 cents and he's mm-hmm. he's got his little breath spray and you know he's he's nowhere near her okay he's like you know 5 6 feet above her he's not even close to her but he just stoops a little bit and you know there's no danger there's no anything and he's just pucker her up baby you know <laughs> and then right. diane's horrified and sam l- lunges to her defense and i you know it's almost comically exaggerated that you know this guy he wasn't even on his knees on the floor he was just standing over her. but um and then his like friends are like half laughing come up and they like take their arm around him and again i see him as like the senile old man who needs to be redirected you know and and coached right. in appropriate right. behavior and um And yeah, and then Carla's line about, well, he had all the shots in the Navy. I don't know. I just, I really enjoy (laughs) Al, and I like that they gave him a little bit of a starring role here.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely like a standout moment for him, you know. Yeah. I I like the way that he sprays the breast spray before he says "pucker up, baby. he's, Or maybe as he says it, it's just like ksh, ksh. there's something it, just in the timing of like the spray. It is. It's and right before he says. he says it, and yeah. then you see him. The
1: best part, of course, the shot wouldn't be as good if you didn't have the 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 view of him above her. Right? If you right. didn't have the camera looking her. Up.
0: Exactly. That's what
1: made it so funny. So, I liked it a lot. Yes.
0: <laughs> That's hilarious. And then when Sam, like you were saying, like Sam kind of dissuades him, like he's like intervenes and so forth. And then he tells him to go sit down on his bar stool.
1: <laughs> yeah, know? exactly. You go stand in the corner. I mean, that's the equivalent right. to it.
0: Right. Yeah. And Al is there as a patron, but he still is like taking over, like, I'll go sit on my stool. You know, that's mm-hmm. just, uh, it's great because he is a part of whatever's going on at the bar. But like you said, he's just. I don't know how senile he is, but he definitely needs some direction. And he's definitely, right. you know, happy to participate in this scheme that, got, that Carla has going on. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. that was great. Yeah. Um, I think that one happened, like, right after Sam is feeding her soup. <laughs> which yeah. I also thought was, like, a fun moment, you know. Um, so that was good. And then there's a bit of, you know, the whole thing about Diane... Well, he says that she, Diane might want to declare her love for him in case he can't get her out of there. And then she starts whispering and he leans mm-hmm. over to hear her and she grabs his ear and so forth. And it's not, yeah. that in itself isn't that funny, but I just thought like the physical comedy from Ted Danson was, was funny in that bit, you know, so.
1: It was. One thing I did want to bring up though, because, because it's kind of threaded throughout When when, mm-hmm. when he's feeding her the soup. He's... I don't know. I I, I wanted your thoughts on on how you read his interaction with her because he's very, very accommodating. And I almost read it as, I don't know if the phrase, I don't think this is correct, but like some sort of mock affection. Because, you know, he refers to her over and over again as darling, sweetheart, like this, you know, and... That's true. Almost like he's so thoroughly enjoying this that he's being o- he's overcompensating in a way, you know, mm-hmm. um, not that he's being inauthentic. I didn't know. I'm not saying that, but that he's just so much enjoying this that he's just hamming it up huge. What did you think of that? That's how I took it.
0: Right. I kind of have, a, like a, I guess, a mixed thought on it because I don't think he's being sarcastic with her. You know, like when he's calling her darling, it's like, open up, sweetheart, or whatever he's saying and how she needs to eat and so forth. It's not like, right. open up, sweetheart. You know, there's not a t- like a, a mocking tone.
1: No, it's not mean Or anything of that
0: sort. No. I think that he's definitely relishing it in some ways. But then at the same time, even at the like that first part when he finds her in there, there's a part when she asks if he'll close the the great again, because someone, what was it like, she makes a comment about how cute the shoes were or something of that sort, but somebody almost yeah. stepped on her face. And so mm-hmm. he shuts it and then he opens it and says in that kind of like little, you know, cartoonish voice. Yeah. Um, it's all right. All right. It's all right. It's all right. You know, and, and then she goes it back to him. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, Which is like somebody, I've, I've heard somewhere someone say this is like a senior once us thing and I don't know that much about that i looked it up for that purpose but it's from a you know it is a reference to something but it is just like this cute back and forth between them you know um yeah. and camaraderie so i don't think that it's i don't think he's being acrimonious but i do think he's getting a kick out of it so i don't really i don't know because there is In also a way that, care, that caretaking side too
1: yeah no, no, it's certainly not mean-spirited. In a way, I think it parallels how she treated him um, in the beginning after Bambi left. You know, she's just kind of prancing around and like, that's, mm. you know what I mean? Like, like, well, yeah. arguably hers was maybe a little bit more mean-spirited than his was, but it right. seems like it parallels it, you know, he's in a situation then, or at least she thinks he is, and now sh- she's in a place where he's you know and it goes back to that whole line of you know i'm beneath you sam and it, it's like this right. extended metaphor of i'm up here you're down there and i can just kind of you know mess with you and you know what i mean have a little yeah, fun yeah that's this. a so great that's point what I, think
0: it is. I love that yeah exactly well that's it it's like there's this whole i think through the episode and this is more i could probably comment for you know toward the end as we get through cliff's story but i think there's this theme of being trapped and it's not in a dire way like there's nothing that's like super serious because it's you know it's a comedy obviously but i mean even even to the point of like sam and bambi being trapped in the cabin or trapped in the you know the lodge or whatever because the skis were stolen or you know there's a little bit of that but um you know diane kind of has sam in that entire thing that you're talking about with bambi and her you know sort of being, again, like above him and whatnot and making these comments. And then she's trapped in the floor. Cliff is trapped in this moral dilemma. Norm is in jail, so he's kind of trapped. So I think that that, that through line is very well done. Um, but, yeah, like I, I, that's a great point about the parallel of being above somebody as well. But, and I think it goes into that, like you sort of like trapping somebody beneath you, you know.
1: Right. I was just going to say, overall, I think it's a great, a great bit, a great decision by the writers to have her down there, you know, because again, Mm -hmm. you have Carla messing with her, you have Sam messing with her, you got a little bit with Al. Um, It's just, I, I don't know, it's poking fun at the character, but in a way that, you know... They got her down there because, like Carla said, she was running her mouth all morning about how, you know, oh, we can do this, you know, Yankee ingenuity and everything. And Mm -hmm. then she's the only one who will actually fit in the grade. And and now she's stuck. And so I don't know. I just I I thought it was in a way it was kind of a whole full circle. You know what I mean? Like, she, you know, she's almost berating them for not being able to figure it out. And now here she is stuck. And so they're going to have fun with her. And it was just fun. I liked how they how they pulled that whole that whole thing off.
0: Oh, I do too. I think, but so this is, I think, another you know point from what you are saying is that they're having fun with her after that, and so she's kind of getting her comeuppance. But then she does yeah. sort of become this voice of reason or morality or whatever it is, like this voice of God coming up from the floor, you know, after that, mm-hmm. um, because she says, you know, Co- there is like again like with Coach's forcefulness and saying that, you know, basically telling Cliff that he's wrong because Cliff does still doesn't want to confess. Um, And he's talking about, like, well, I'll do it tomorrow or whatever it is, you know, and how um, Cliff is just basically, like, putting Norm out, not putting Norm out to Patrick, but he's (laughs) just (laughs) not treating him well, you know, not being a Mm -hmm. decent friend. Um, And he's like, damn it, Cliff, you're wrong. You know you're wrong. You should be ashamed of yourself. Um, And then that's when Diane calls up and says, Coach, is right, Clifford. Yeah. (laughs) And, it, and something about how he doesn't have deserve to have a friend like Norman if you let him down now, and the clarity in her voice is far more. I mean, I know that they are, you know, obviously editing it for a TV show, but even with that, like you wouldn't expect someone's voice coming up from the floor <laughs> to be that to be resonant, as clear. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's kind of like she kind of moves on to that point of being. Able to have a greater voice, even though she's physically stuck in place.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. At least, I mean, that's kind of how it seems like it progresses. Because at the end, which we you know we'll come to when Norm comes in, she says something somewhat similar to him, more on the lines of forgiveness and whatnot. But she also had this like that voice from the floor. It's a very interesting character arc for her. Yeah, it really is. This is again, Sam. Basically messing with her, and he's talking about how he's gonna call somebody to fix the call, call somebody else to fix the furnace, I guess. And the mm-hmm. air duct is too small to get to her. And the thing about like he'll rip the floor up if she says the word. And she says like, "Do it, Sam, please." And he's like, well, "That's not the word. That's not the word." Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: And then what she so calls he, him, you you ra- uh, you rat or you swine. She calls him swine. Yeah. She said, "You're getting colder." <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. That was hilarious. I think we've gotten to the point when Cliff says that he basically you know, has done the right thing and that he received a thirty-day suspension because he has a spotless record, mm-hmm. um, which I do think tells us something about Cliff. I mean, he doesn't seem like someone that would have been in trouble, you know, with his job before. Well, that's kind of
1: the funny part. Like I, again, maybe I, again, I, I know it's a sitcom, so I need to, you know, rein in the practical side of it all. But yeah, I'm thinking, okay, you know. I, just tell the truth. Say, you know, there were, there was, you know, six or seven letters, you were sick and you had a lapse in judgment and, you know, yeah, you talk about, you don't have anything else on your record. So what do you really think is going to happen? I mean, it's because right. the cop says, oh, you're going to, you know, you're going to be out of a job or whatever, which is obviously kind of overstating it, but um, mm-hmm. it, it does. It kind of makes you, it's like, okay, listen, what, you know, you were catastrophizing what was really going to happen here. If you had just from the beginning you know decided okay let's let's rationally look at this but again i get that that's not that's not the way of operation for the, how these shows go sometimes but um yeah i mean obviously he has a
0: clean record
1: so he's not going to be you know he's not going to lose everything from that right
0: and i, I mean i think I, I agree with you but i do think that it's in character for cliff to assume the worst be exactly <laughs> it is right. you're right it's probably true his character mm-hmm. yeah yeah, okay. yeah. Um, But when he confesses, Sam says that he has to give Cliff credit. He knows it wasn't easy and so forth. So Sam, I've always thought that Sam is kind of generous in his forgiveness or his understanding. Mm -hmm. You know, and there's that moment he shakes his hand and so forth. Um, Carla, not so inclined to, you know, (laughs) see the other side of things. Um, And we have this scene, you know, they're, they're basically like, all asking what's going to happen when Norm comes in, and Coach is saying that you know Norm's going to be plenty sore at Cliff and so forth. And then when Norm does come in, um, he basically like just bursts through the door. Cliff is sure that like oh his forgiveness won't be long withheld and mm-hmm. all of this, but he bursts through the door and <laughs> just chases. It's fun. It's interesting now, like thinking about this. And I don't think that there's any real connection. But when he mentions, when Norm mentions in the teaser. The rhinoceros horn and having the urge to charge a jeep. Oh, <laughs> like, maybe this is what the <laughs> this is what it would look like. Right? right, exactly. <laughs> it's charging around the bar, chasing Cliff, and then Carla trips Cliff. So again, she's clearly not having any of the the mercy. Yeah. Um, and then Sam is the one that holds Norm back, and so forth. And they have this back and forth, um, you know, and Cliff. <sighs> I don't know. You don't want to see it as him trying to be a decent friend. I think he is. He's saying that he's, you know, basically, like, done this. He says that, you know, know, Norm's job is just a job, but being a mailman is his whole identity. But he basically risked that to buy Norm's freedom because Mm -hmm. he loves him and he's his best friend and so forth. Um, So I don't know. As much as, like, Cliff wants to see see himself as this magnanimous character, he really isn't. Um, but at the same time, it's like, what do you do with a person that, that is like that? You know, I think that's kind of difficult. Yeah.
1: And that whole bit, you know, obviously, you know, he, he, his identity comes from a huge part of his, his loyalty to the USPS. And, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's uh, so much of, of, of his, his self image, but it also that scene where he's talking about how, you know, oh, well, you know, Norm. Nor might, I don't remember, like uh, lose a job or might sit in prison, but me, I'm going like, to like, it was like he was putting himself on a pedestal. Like, oh, I, mm-hmm. my, the loss that I would sustain would be so much worse than his because his, he just views his job as a job, making that assumption. And yet I, you know what I mean? You remember that part? That was one oh, line yeah. that kind of turned me off a little bit because, right. I mean, I guess on one hand it was honest to, to Cliff as a character, but it just came across as so like self he's sacrificing
0: so much more right yeah right. yeah it did mm-hmm. yeah it, yeah it, it does like but he talks about that when like right there in front of norm you know how he took a chance for norm and confessed and got him out of jail <laughs> you know it's like yeah he wouldn't have been in there if it weren't for cliff which norm points out because you can mm-hmm. i feel like norm is usually pretty easygoing even when slighted so you know that he's angry when he's really <laughs> yeah. kind of calling out the truth in this you know right Um, And then Sam, who is, I think, when something's not about him, he's an excellent mediator, and he's trying to kind of encourage Norm to come up with something that Cliff can do to make it up to him. And then we have the second part of Diane, you know, calling up from the floor, like, Norman, he's right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And they show um, Norm, Sam shows Norm, Diane under the vent and so forth, and then... um, there's an interesting part. I mean, it's. I think it's meant as a joke, but I think that there's more to it, too, when Norm says that Cliff is by nature a weasel, and Cliff nods in agreement with this. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, because it's funny. Like, the word weasel is just funny, you know, and Norm's mm-hmm. obviously still angry. But Cliff kind of is a weasel, and the fact that Norm accepts that is it's an interesting take on their friendship, I think.
1: Mm-hmm. In a right. way, they seem like good true friends you know that they both accept their usually accept their shortcomings you know and Mm -hmm. and can be honest about that norm and and cliff both um so in a way it's it i don't know i i think what's been presented to us to this point seems like a pretty loyal true kind of friendship take them as they are you know and you know, sure, they'll get mad at each other and they'll call each other names or whatever. But at the end of the day, they're just like, well, this is you. This is me. We're probably not going to change. So here we go. You know, <laughs> I mean, it, right. I don't know. And in, in a way, I kind of think I like that, that very subtle, that subtlety in that.
0: Mm-hmm. I think it's a story, too, about like the deep flaws in friendship. Like there's not, they're going to be unresolvable things. And like you said, it's kind of like, it's right. just kind of how you are, you know. I think that, like, for me, I just see that so much more in Cliff. And I think, like, perhaps I'm missing the side of Norm or any one of the other characters that have this sort of, I don't know, I I think all of the characters have some sort of fatal flaw. And I just think that, like, whatever it is that you as a viewer find the most either irritating and annoying or personally reprehensible is, like, the character that you see as being, you know, more of the, the one at fault sometimes. And they're all, yeah. I do think they're all good people, like even Cliff. But they do have these deep flaws. But I've noticed that in going back and re-watching the episodes. It's like, you know, some of them, it's not just like the surface level annoyance. It's like there's something that's like irrevocably wrong with the way they behave sometimes. And not mm-hmm. every time. But just like, just the you know, things that they do that are that are just not good or that are I mean I don't even know if you go to the level of like immorality necessarily um but then you have the other characters that come to understand that I just I think that's really interesting particularly in a sitcom Mm
1: -hmm. I agree I mean it it is it's it's all those sorts of things you could read into it and you're not wrong I mean it works on so many different levels um Mm -hmm. But yeah, this, this was a fun episode. This was this yeah. was a fun episode and an interesting, albeit maybe a little um, not ultimately the most, you know, um, uplifting uh, look at Cliff. But I enjoyed it.
0: Right. Yeah, I do, too. I do, too. And I think there is a lot to his character. And there's a lot of struggle, even though it's either like annoying or, you know, you see him behaving, in a you know, he's wrong. <laughs> but it yeah, is right. like, a, an interesting look at his character. And I, I, I would have to say too, like in terms of the ending, I'm curious what you think of this because you do go through this sort of exploration of like the characters and I mean it's all funny, but like characters and morality and so forth. But it ends on this completely, <laughs> you know, absurd, comical note of Cliff, basically like he has his pants around his ankles. You can see this. He's standing on a stool barking like a seal, which is what Norm has decided that he should do, like, buy me a beer while your pants are on your ankles, standing on that stool, barking like a seal. And he does it, you know? And then you have the couple that comes in and, like, oh, the man says, like, oh, we got to leave. There's going to be a cover charge, basically, Uh for the entertainment, I guess.
1: (laughs) I really liked that. I really liked uh that ending because what we were just saying, I feel like this kind of puts the seal on it, you know, that that this is their friendship. They are willing, they are going to, they they make fun of each other. They berate each other sometimes. Ultimately, there's this affection, you know, for one another. But again, you know, Norm is not above making him suffer public humiliation, um, as -hmm. some sort of revenge. And, you know, that's, that's what friends are about, I guess. (laughs) You know, I'm kidding. But, you know, it's just, it's interesting that that, that, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like that just seals the argument that we're making here about how this evaluates their friendship. Um, and, I, I liked how mm-hmm. they finished it. And I liked that last line about the random couple walking in. Oh, it was going to be a cover <laughs> charge. I thought that was I I don't know. I thought it was a perfect ending for this episode.
0: I do too. I yeah. think it's a perfect ending just in a, you know, the comedy of it, like that, like you said, that friendship, like there's nothing that's going to, you know, like really excuse what Cliff did. But Norm's like, okay, here's what you can do, you know, and right. it's, they probably just are having a good laugh about it. And then you move on. But I also, this is, I just thought about this too. I think it's because I think it's funny, you know, and I like that the most of course. But the man and woman they walk in, they say let's not stay there's going to be a cover charge and they quickly leave. To me, like mm-hmm. that's an interesting customer contrast to all of these other customers that have stayed in the bar, like many many of them, a bar that we know is freezing cold and the heat's not working. Dressed up, they're keeping on like they have to keep their coats and their hats and their mittens on, and they could have gone to another tavern in Boston. But they've come mm. to stay at Cheers, and they're loyal to being at Cheers, even if the heater's not working, you know? <laughs> so I thought that that was a, an interesting, like, little turnaround at the end, this couple that just comes in and leaves when everybody else has been there, you know, at least all day in the freezing cold. So, I, yeah, I really do. I like that. Yeah.
1: That's an interesting point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's a good episode. It
0: really I is. I think so, too. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. It's fun. Um... I don't really have any kind of criticisms of it, you know. No. In the winter, only it just sets off the, the story.
1: <laughs> just makes it that much better, doesn't it, for you? <laughs> right.
0: Right. <laughs> One
1: thing I did want to I wanted to mention, and I certainly do not want to end this on a dour note, but um, I noticed that um, Coach uh, mm-hmm. was was a, was looking particularly gaunt in this episode. Um, yeah. and, and and his face had really thinned out a bit. And obviously we know that, you know, this is going to be, you know, hit the the actor's last season. And, and in fact, mm-hmm. he's not going to be in every episode this season. Um, so that was kind of, you know, obviously sad and not trying to be depressing. But that was something that I noticed. And I know just from... You know looking a little bit ahead at what's coming for season three this really is kind of the start of more sporadic appearances for for coach's character because of um because of the actor's um real life health problems
0: yeah so. yeah i noticed that's a, a great point i noticed that too and it's it's kind of like it is really like you start to see that decline i think very strongly yeah
1: but Especially when you I compare think- it to how he looked in earlier episodes. I had gone oh, back yeah. to watch um, a, a season two episode, I think, for some reason, um, right as mm-hmm. I was watching this. And I remember just kind of seeing the comparison. And it was a bit jarring.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the physicality, even the energy, I think, is different. And you can see that waning. And it's, I think it's poignant, though. Like, it's sad, but I think there's a poignancy to it. And you know, to make it not dour, there's something something that's almost suited, in a way, as dark as that sounds, like, in Coach's resoluteness and kind of remonstrating Cliff, I would say. Like, it just... I think it suits Nicholas Colasanto at this point. And it, you know, it's also making him, in some ways... I mean, we talked about, like, Diane being the moral voice, you know, in the floor and kind of having, like, the God's voice. But I think Coach is also the dominant moral voice in the episode. Mm -hmm. And so, to me, that kind of uplifts... The view of him as in the de- on the decline too, because mm-hmm. he is the one that is you know consistently and dramatically telling Cliff that he needs to do the right thing. Yeah, I thought it was a strong. I thought that that aspect of it was a very strong point for him in the episode. You're right. You're right. Did you have any other thoughts? There really is a lot to it and i think i liked all. this
1: episode a lot i uh, the more especially the more we talk about it and you can kind of really uh, flesh out some of the the themes and the the parallels between um, some of the characters and the subplot and everything i, I really enjoyed this episode mhm i did too that will do it for us today you can find us on facebook norm a cheers podcast and on twitter at cheers underscore norm you can listen to or download old and new episodes at the usual places apple podcasts google podcasts overcast and spotify leave us a like and comment and join in on our community there thanks so much for listening